Dan, are you okay? Yeah, Dad, we're just rehearsing our band. Oh, I thought a group of Vietnamese people were having their intestines pulled out through their mouths. <laughs> He's right, dude. We have to define our style if we're ever going to make a platinum album. I mean, I'm a fusion guy, but Kenny's background is more Latin jazz. Yeah, and I'm more hip-hop and R&B oriented. I think our band better buy a whole bunch of music CDs to listen to for inspiration. Inspiration. Wait a minute. That's it. Inspiration, you guys. Don't you see? See what? Our band should play Christian rock. Christian rock? Think about it. It's the easiest, crappiest music in the world, right? If we just play songs about how much we love Jesus, all the Christians will buy our crap. That's a retarded idea, Cartman. It worked for Creed. I don't want to be in a stupid Christian rock band. You just start that way, Stan, then you cross over. It's genius. Just get the hell out of here, Cartman. You're not serious and you're a detriment to the band. Oh, yeah? I will bet you ten bucks that if I start a Christian rock band, I can get a platinum album before you guys do. You're on, fat boy. Okay, fine. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Okay, Hollywood. So every year we do this best of the year. And this year was no exception. We did the best of and we released it at the top of the month, as do tons of other podcasts, tons of other online magazines and things. Everybody released their best of. And we've said it a million times. If you think rock is dead, then all you got to do is go check out one of these best of. There's plenty of great rock and roll that's being released. But we often never talk about what's coming up in the year ahead. What albums are we looking forward to hearing? We get singles that are dropped towards the end of the year, which we can hear, but we never really go into great detail about, you know, just what we're hearing that's going to be exciting for the following year. So this episode is really dedicated to looking at some of those albums that we're excited about, but also revisiting 
2021 and talking about maybe one or two albums that we picked up from other places that didn't make our list because maybe we weren't aware of them or just hadn't given them a chance. But I want to talk about those as well. How are you, man? How's this year kicking off for you? Year's kicking off good. Looking forward to Mork in February. Just got back from Vegas, so that's always fun. Just saw Dave Lee Roth, actually, uh, in Vegas. Of course, it was great. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more at a future date. Yeah, this whole 2021-2022 thing, we record our best of 2021 late into the year. Everybody else does theirs late into the year. And then what ends up happening is everybody releases theirs at a similar time. And no matter how hard you look, no matter what you're looking at, you miss some albums. And there's times where it's like, really, that person has the same music taste as me. Why would they like that? And I didn't like it. Maybe I should go try it again. And at times I get surprised by somebody says, try this and our musical taste, not the same. And I'm like, eh, I never heard about that. I don't know if I want to try that. And I'll give it a shot and go, oh, that's actually not that bad. So uh, the 2021 thing always comes up a little bit. We always talk about it in January, February, March of every year. So figure we just do this. And then the 2022 thing, there'll be bands that we talk about today that are saying they're going to release an album, but we don't really know when it's coming out except for it's supposed to be in 2022. So, you know, the last couple of years, it's been band says the album's coming out, gets pushed, gets pushed, gets pushed. So these don't have hard dates yet that we're going to talk about today, but uh, hopefully we'll see them in 2022. Yeah, for sure. The biggest thing for albums that I miss on best of lists that I pick up from other people, the biggest and funnest surprises for me are actually the bands that I hadn't even heard of. It's okay to have a million records, and we hear about a lot of these bands. We either don't have time to listen to it, or we listen to one song, it doesn't catch us, and we move on and end up missing it, but going back and revisiting it and going oh, wait a minute, that's not as bad as I thought it was. And that's more me probably than you because you spend a lot more time really digging into it. But I just, I like the surprises and I've got a couple of surprises that were surprises for me where I had never even heard of the band and somebody said, hey, check this out. And I ended up liking it. So uh, we'll get into all that more. Definitely got some uh, fun things to discuss here. But before we do all that, you know, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is, well, it's a little bit different. We'll call it a long form Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. That fits the the description, right, Sonny? Uh, long and crazy, because the person we're talking to is absolutely nuts. Yeah, so for tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we get a visit from our old friend Terry Glaze. Terry used to be in a band called Lord Tracy. We've had him on the podcast where Sonny and I went through the Lord Tracy record. He and I are both fans of Lord Tracy, and we had a great time talking to Terry. And Terry's just an all-around fun dude to talk to. He's a talented guy. He loves music. He loves all kinds of music. And uh, he hit us up, and he's got a new band that he is working on. And the name of the band is called Evil Fraley. And how could we not like the combination of Evil Knievel and Ace Fraley? That just seems like a winning combination to us. So 
we said, well, why don't you come on the podcast and we'll catch up with you and we'll talk to you and you can tell us all about it. He agreed. And so the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight tonight is our interview with Terry Glaze, where he talks to us about Evil Fraley. And we play a couple of songs in there so you guys can check it out for yourselves. But we think you're going to enjoy it. So check it out. Terry Glaze talking all things and his new band, Evil Fraley. So normally on a Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we'll feature a band, play a song, and move on about our normal everyday lives. Isn't that pretty much what we do here on the episodes? Yeah, but today we're lucky because, you know, there's a lot of stuff I got in this room signed, and I found this postcard, <laughs> and this guy wearing this, like, I don't know, this uh, Terrence guy wearing this Indian fringe jacket. Terry, <laughs> you still got that jacket, man? I wish I had that jacket. I wish I could still fit in that jacket. Man, that was so cool. Look at that. So for this episode of the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we've invited an old friend of the show, Terry Glaze, on to tell us about his new project and what he's got going on and basically how he survived the last year and a half under cover of uh, the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Glaze, welcome back to the Grown Up Rock Podcast. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Thank you all for having me on tonight. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, you know we have a good time whenever we get you on the Skype chat. We don't have any wine tonight. At least I don't. I'm drinking water. And we don't quite have as much time as we had in the past, but that's all right. It's fun to catch up with you. We've been chatting a little bit offline, uh, but you've got a new project that you've been working on called Evil Fraley. Evil freely. Half evil can evil, half ace freely. Well, so let me ask you this. Is it freely or fraily? What say you? I say freely, but I actually got to tour with him, with Lord Tracy, and I don't ever remember saying anything except ace. I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with freely until he hits us with a cease and desist and makes us do it the right way. So I'm at the mercy of the man. I'm relatively sure he does not know the difference himself. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fine. That would be fine, man. We got to tour with him. I want to say 1990, yeah. and every day was like the most incredible. It's like we joined the circus, and it was the coolest, craziest thing. And I'm so thankful for that opportunity we had back then. I'll tell you, I saw you guys back to back nights on that tour, and you can, you my we best. Counts. So uh, San Francisco and Oakland, I think you guys oh, played those back, were back killer shows. Yeah. You guys, shows. I love Ace. You guys kicked his ass both nights. Me and my best friend were there were like, oh my God, who the hell are these guys? We were pretty, about as good as we could be at that point. We were, we were in fighting shape and we were, we had been on tour there with Ace for all the way started. We started on the East Coast and we moved all the way across 
by the time we hit the West Coast, man, we were on fire. Yeah. Those guys, Chris Craig on drums, Jimmy Rusudoff on lead guitar, and Kenley Wolf, Barney on bass, those guys were the, the greatest. It, it was it was the coolest thing to get to stand there and hold a microphone while those three guys just destroyed the stage. It, yeah. it was a great feeling to be up there. That's cool. You were at both shows. Oh, I yeah, great I shows. Felt, I felt like Ace almost fell off the stage on one of those shows. He which did. One, which one was kind of high and elevated? Yeah. He fell off the stage in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His boot kind of caught the edge of the monitor, and he kind of hung over the back edge. I remember that was amazing. Hey, that was when they had the earthquake. Yeah, it was we right were, after the earthquake. Yeah. We were in the hotel. I think half of us were in the bathroom when it happened. And what I remember was Ace's bass player went straight to the bar. Didn't he play in his pajamas that night? Oh, everyone that part was so hammered because they never, they were, everyone was freaking out over that earthquake. We were in the hotel and it was going insane. That was a wild show. I can't believe we even played. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. For the listeners that are just joining us for the first time, so I'll give a brief history. We've gone over a lot of this on the episode that we recorded with Terry, where we went through the Lord Tracy album. And Lord Tracy is a band that's back from the 80s, right? They were in the 80s. 1989, October 1989. There you go. Got in, just got in at the deadline. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Deaf Gods of Babylon was the album that I knew and Sonny uh, just happened to be a big fan as well. And so we bought Terry on. Terry has a history. If you don't know Terry's history, Google him. He was the first singer in Pantera. That's second. What, second, second, si- second singer in Pantera. But that's where I discovered Pantera was on the um, Projects in the Jungle album. And so that was my first Pantera, which was, uh, what do they call it? Glamterra, I guess is what a lot of people call it is Glamterra, which is before Pantera became really heavy. But back then I liked the project in the jungles record because it was, uh, reminiscent of Def Leppard high and dry era kind of rock and roll. That's what it reminded me of at the time. I liked that record, but, uh, that's kind of Terry's history. So I would encourage anybody that's new to the show to go back and listen to that episode. It's a great episode. Uh, We hung out, had a glass of wine and just shot the shit. Right. And it was fun. But now Terry's back and Terry's has this new project called Evil Fraley or Freely, however you want to pronounce that. Tell us where the name comes from. It's a combination of Evil and Ace Fraley. Absolutely. Two of our favorite heroes, Evil Knievel and Ace Fraley. And so we were just messing around and, and, and it stuck. And uh, of course I, I'm really excited to uh, have this new project out. We're going for like a seventies rock and roll thing. It's uh, me on vocals and guitar, my partner, Tommy Roberts on lead guitar. It's Kenley Wolf from Lord Tracy, my partner for the last forever. Um, he's on bass and one of my favorite drummers, Taz Bentley, also from Dallas, he's playing drums. Me, Kenley, and Taz have been playing together for over 10 years. Every time I'd fly back to Dallas, we would play. And so it just kind of just happened. What really happened was um, me and my friend Tommy, he lived in Nashville. I live on the East Coast. And we had talked about getting together and jamming for years, all through the 2010s. And he was busy and I was busy. We started just kind of making little recordings of us playing guitar on our iPhones and sending little riffs back and forth to each other. And then um, around 2018, we were like, 
man, why don't we actually get in a room and, and record and see what happens? And there was no expectations. I flew back to Dallas. I had sent these guys little demo recordings on my phone and they kind of listened to them. And then I flew into town and we, we practiced one night and then we went and had tacos and beer. And the next day we went in a recording studio and we just recorded like three songs with no expectations because you're thinking, what's the worst thing that happens? We get together with our friends and have food and drink and, you know, hang out. I didn't have any expectations. Well, it came out pretty good. And so a few months later, I sent more songs and flew back to town and we were, we practiced for two days and then we went in the studio for three days. And out of that, uh, we were just about to finish and the pandemic hit. And so we kind of just got shut down for 2020. And, uh, I started singing remotely and sending tracks to Dallas. Kind of the fifth member of the band is Casey Diorio, the engineer producer. And so he mixed the songs He'd send me tracks and I'd listen to them on my phone while I was walking around with a headset. We'd make adjustments and, and we finished the tracks and Casey made it sound like a record. We finally got the stuff mastered this past April. So there's no place for us to play and there's no record companies and things. So we decided to try and homebrew it ourselves. We got five songs finished. In the summer, we thought, well, why don't we see if we can figure out how to put a song out? So we picked our least favorite song and we put it out. And then uh, I guess last month we put out our fourth favorite song and uh, we have three more songs and we're thinking about putting out another single in January, maybe another single in late February. And then I believe in April will be the fifth song. We're maybe going to put out an EP. Maybe we'll try and play a show. I want to like go play in like a Mexican restaurant or something like that. I, I don't care. Um, I just want to you know, get together with my friends where there's good Mexican beer and, you know, that's my goal. But let me ask a question and let me see if I, let me get some clarification. Did you say that the first song you put out was your least favorite song? Well, yeah, yeah. I was afraid that since I didn't know what I was doing, I was afraid my favorite tree would fall in the forest that's and then no one would ever hear it. Uh huh. So I'm trying to set the bar, you know, I'll be able to top each song is my goal. I want to set the bar low. I want you to buy into that first song and go, you know, I want to bring it down like that. I don't want to start off with my best and then get worse. I'm trying to get better, man. Hey, Sonny and Steven, here's a new song from a project I'm doing. It's really kind of the least good song of all the songs we recorded. But would you guys mind taking a listen to it and tell us what you think? Jesus. <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't tell everybody this. This is just between the three of us. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Without a record label, without yeah. radio, I can't tour right now. Nah. Just trying to have something to look forward to. And you got to have a reason to get up out of bed every morning. And you got to have something to look for. And that's why we've actually tried to spread them out so we could have something to look forward to and talk about something and push and then have the next thing. And hopefully, I should be back in the studio hopefully next spring. And we're going to try and do some more. But in a way, that's kind of the record industry now. I mean, that's that's how it works. You release a song and then you release another song and then you release another song. So by way of pandemic or whatever you want to call it, you've kind of fallen into the method that is today's music business, basically. I guess so. You know, just trying to figure out a way to get your music out there mm -hmm. by talking with you guys, spreading the word, stuff like that. So. I'm really, really excited about the music. Don't take it that I don't like these songs. I'm just saying I got some more stuff in my pocket that I'm, 
I can't wait for y'all to hear it. I listened to the stuff in the car today with my daughter and my daughter was just rocking out. She's like, dad, I know you're my dad, but that's pretty cool. You know, cause if anybody's going to tell me dad, that's not that great. It's going to be my daughter. <laughs> yeah. I actually like the approach. I'm assuming like before you go to the Chick-fil-A tour that you got set up or whatever, that having Taz and Kinley, like if you got the rhythm section, right. You can practice one or two days and do what you need to do. It's those two guys that probably kind of drive you to be able to do it quickly, right? You got that right. Most of the songs in the studio are first or second take. We've never played a show. I've never even played these songs live and sang them before. Because most of the time I had, you know, most of the lyrics on some paper and then we cut the track and then I finished the lyrics and sang it. Hell, I'm so excited to get in a room and actually play these songs with the guys I recorded with, with yeah. you know. You got, you're exactly right though, Sonny, the, the comfort level and the comfort of having Kinley to your side and Taz behind me, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried. And we know that we, we, we gel together, you know, and they, you're not having to explain anything. Everybody goes, yeah, I know, I know what we're doing. And it, it's the greatest feeling. Those guys are world-class. I couldn't be more excited about, you know, playing rock and roll with anybody besides these three guys. And it, it is such a treat for me. It's so refreshing to have somebody that's excited about new music. Now, I know you listen to a bunch of new music, too, because I know you're a Darkness fan, et cetera. Oh, my so God. So rock isn't dead to you. Say that again? Rock isn't dead to you. No, I, I buy probably two records a week still. I, I get excited. I, I want to support all the artists that I love because I want them to keep being able to make new art. Have you heard the new uh, Robert Plant, Alison Krauss? Yeah. I, I oh, my God. That's week. incredible. Yeah. I had that on one, and then I rotated and had the new darkness on. It's incredible, man. So let's talk about at least one of the new songs first. You sent us a couple of songs, and we got a preview, and we're going to share some of that with the listeners now. But the first song I want to talk about is You're Gonna Get It, because out of the two that you sent me, this one is probably the closest sonically to what Lord Tracy was and just kind of straight-ahead rock. For me, anyway, that's what I got out of it. It's a straight-ahead rocker. What can you tell us about the song, You're Gonna Get It? That is uh, started off with a riff uh, by my buddy Tommy Roberts. And you just visualize, you're trying to play a fly and B and, and, get his, and be like Michael Schenker. You know, and the riff comes on and you're like, oh, yeah. And then I just started kind of just riffing. And we came up with some parts and then we the lyrics just came. And there wasn't a lot of thought involved. It was just more like feeling and trying to get inspired. And, and you know, you're, you're stuck. We're all stuck around and you're, we can't go out and play live. So you're trying to get in your head of, of maybe, maybe being out there and doing something that you can't wait to do yet. I don't know that I had a lot to say. You know, there wasn't a big vision on it. It just kind of came together really fast. Sometimes it's like a funnel and it's just coming from above and, and, and you're just kind of there and you just try and write it down. Yeah, I, I don't know really what else to say on that. It just, it feels good. And you're not the first person I've heard say that it had a little bit of Lord Tracy in it too. But I think that's just because of the voice and also Kenley playing bass. He's just so amazing, you know? And so, uh, I don't know. What else? What do you think? Yeah, it, the Lord Tracy didn't come out in it to me until the pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. And it is your it's your vocal tone and your phrasing because it's unique how you say certain words and how you end certain words. So that's yeah. when I could pick up I'm like, oh, that's Terry. Like if nobody had told me that this was Terry Glaze involved, I'm like, well, that guy sounds like a lot like Terry. I'll tell you that much. But it was the pre-chorus that got me. That's where I saw it. Was that that is so cool. Tommy had the, the music at first 
And then we just kind of arranged it a bit and then came up with that. On You're Gonna Get It, I think that's the one where I'm singing an octave above and an octave below at the same time. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're all getting confused. I mean, yeah. I get confused. They're all running together. It was a great, the, the best part though was the guitar riff. Yeah. You know, it's just so cool. But what a cool rock tune. Yeah, I'm very excited. Get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. 
so that one was You're Gonna Get It from Evil Fraley. Yeah, it felt like 70s rebel rock with like yeah. 2021 production, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're going for. Yeah. What is the overall feeling of the five songs that you recorded? Are they all in that same vein or are they all over the place? Because Lord Tracy, I mean, they were they were pretty straight ahead rock band, but they definitely had some different flavors to them. So where does Evil Fraley fall in that? Right now, with only five songs, I think Evil Fraley is more very in the same kind of uh, genre. Lord Tracy, most of it was was kind of all there, but we would take hard turns and go far. And I think that also came from playing live and experimenting and, and getting to uh, react off of the crowd or, or reacting to something in the news or something on MTV or something, because you might hear us rap or do some kind of power ballad or who knew what we were going to do. We didn't know what we were going to do a lot of times. And so that came from, from, from all of that bonding that we were together. Evil Freely is so new. We really haven't had a lot of opportunities to inspire each other yet. So I'm really looking forward to the future stuff and taking turns and going out on ledges and trying stuff that we should be there. Also, you got to remember, I was way younger back then. And w- there was no adult in the room because when I listen back on some of that stuff, we shouldn't have done some of that stuff. I mean, <laughs> we had a chick wouldn't fly today. Yeah, no, no, you can't do that. And if, if we would have had a manager that would have been a business person that would have said, whoa, 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 listen, son, listen to me. So there was no adult in the room. And so hopefully I'm a little bit, I'm not wiser. I'm just a little more tired. You know, I haven't had as much caffeine. Maybe that's the main difference. I, I don't know. How about that? That's good. I just thought of a fact. Uh, uh, this is how my brain works, uh, which is ridiculously nuts. But anyway, if you ever get into any trouble with the new name, Evil Fraley, and you get like some sort of uh, cease and desist, you can just change the band name to Drunken Daredevil. Problem <laughs> solved. Get it? Drunken Daredevil. Same thing. What about Ace Knievel? That's what I was thinking. Ace <laughs> yeah, Knievel. yeah, sonny. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got it from the logo. I didn't get it from the name. When I saw the name, I'm like, Evil Freely. I don't understand. What? When I saw the logo, I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay, I got you. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that we're slowly dripping out. We've already gotten a, a cease and desist from a Harley Davidson. We did one thing that was real cool. Anyway, you know, we're just trying to get it out there. Whatever. You know, <laughs> you know everybody is inspired by their heroes and the people that come before them. And I think that's, it's kind of like, like David Lee Roth, you know, taking something from some old, some old record. That's kind of what we're doing, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. So let's talk about this second song that you sent us. Uh, you sent me a song, me and Sonny, a song that's called I Can't Wait. And to me, this is definitely, it's a rock tune, but it's definitely different than You're Gonna Get It. What I got out of I Can't Wait was almost sort of a power pop rock tune, which I know you're a fan of Cheap Trick. And this song for me could have been in a cheap trick catalog. I could hear them doing a tune like this. Uh, what say you? Man, I wish. Cheap Trick, definitely my favorite band. I think I Can't Wait was probably the first song we recorded. And so, you know, uh, I think it's a little simpler, but I really like it. The other three songs, I think they were done the second time. Yeah, I think it's it's a little darker. It, you know, you try and sing a little bit of dark dark stuff with a real happy up-tempo melody to it and uh, it can be pretty much whatever you want i don't i've never really liked telling people what something means because 
everybody comes up with their own thing. And I like it, the fact that there's so many things it could be. But it's definitely about killing something. What? I'm sorry. I don't know what it's about. say darker or you're t- you're referring to the lyrics yeah 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 so i'm i'm not a lyric guy so i have to I, i'll fully admit i haven't listened deeply to the lyrics i listen more to the music first the music the melody music so and melody yes everything yeah. now some people i'm not a, a songwriter that that has a book of poetry and and words and story if i don't like the melody i'm probably not going to listen to the song and so to me, even if it was some amazing words and all of this stuff that meant so much, if I didn't like the tune, I probably wouldn't make it to the end of the song. I think that that's, there's two different kinds of people, but like the opposite, you know, I would be more on the, uh, less on the Springsteen side 
and more on the ZZ Top side, you know, or Foghat or something like that, as opposed to, you know, the really smart. I'm much more uh, uh, less cerebral, I think. You don't have a book of poetry? Sonny said Fisher Bad came from Edgar Allan Poe, no? (laughs) I, I think I think that's possible. But I'm not, I cannot confirm that. You know what that was. That was back then, all those other bands getting up there and being so ridiculous about whatever. And so I thought I'd sing about tuna fish. And man, it was pretty awesome, though. Yeah, it uh, was. Because those other three guys and more Tracy were so good, we could pull off, pull that off, you know. It helps when you got world-class musicians. If you want to know how to do this stuff, always try and be the worst person in every band you're in. Because I've pretty much been the worst one in Pantera. Lord Tracy, Evil Freely, that's how you that's how you get good stuff, man. You don't want to be the best one. You want to be the worst one. What gets me is I'm a melody guy, definitely. I'm yep. a little bit of a lyrics guy. I am a hook guy. So like that second verse between a dream and a nightmare and that harmonizing vocal comes in. I'm like, oh, okay, you got me there. That was good. Yeah, and then cool. where you also got me waiting, waiting, waiting was every time there was start, stop, I'm like, oh, Kinley's going to be all over doing fills. But there were sometimes he did them and sometimes he didn't. And you kept making me wait. I'm like, oh, come on. He could be all over this thing. My guess is you had to back him off a little bit. I can't wait to play this song live because, you know, <laughs> he's going to catch that place on fire. Yeah. So, yeah, his tone was killer that day. It's always killer. But I remember being in the studio. He had a, just a monster tone going like on that day. So it's like John Entwistle, Tom Peterson. It's just so killer when you're playing with him. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, I like I, I Can't Wait better than you're going to get it. I like both songs, but if you're trying to go 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you're winning so far. So there you go. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> winning. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Anything else you want to tell us about the two songs that we have or the upcoming songs that we haven't had? So we have, uh, let's see, we have three more songs. We have a song coming out in January called Back on the Road, and it's ripping. Then we're going to have a song called... Uh, Last thing on my mind. And then the fifth song, I believe, is called Budokan. And it was inspired. I was over in Japan before the um, before the pandemic, tagged along with my wife for a, some trip. And I was in Tokyo, and I, I realized I was pretty darn close to the Budokan Theater. And I'm just walking. And I went over there, and I was stood outside it. And I just kind of soaked it in because, man, Live at Budokan was the first record when I was in middle school that I bought with my own money. I think I went to Ecker Drugs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and bought that record. And I just remember, it's one of the reasons I play music, you know? And uh, I texted or called Tommy back in Dallas from Tokyo. And I said, man, you you can't believe where I am. And, and Tommy said, oh, get your Budokan on. And I went, yeah. And so I just wrote the song and he inspired me. And, and I was walking back through Tokyo with a headset on and writing the lyrics. And we get back to town, I said, I think I got I think I got a song. And so uh, that's my favorite one of all the five. And that's going to come out in April. And it is definitely inspired by Cheap Trick. So I'm, I'm really excited to share these new songs with us. Uh, they're all ripping. And, and the guys in the band just crush on the tracks. It's awesome. Very excited. And you'll just play in Dallas and basically on the East Coast. Is You just kind of bounce back and forth playing there. Well, or you try to play other places or not interested? I play local here. But those three guys live in Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, there's no budgets. Everybody has a life. Nobody wants to get in a van. I mean, I don't. I like root service, you know? So if we can set up shows, so typically what will happen is there'll be a show in Dallas because they're already there. I fly in, 
we advertise it. And Dallas and Memphis are our best Lord Tracy fan places for us to play. I would love to be playing everywhere, but just the logistics and, and the reality of the world right now. I'm hoping we can play a liquor store. I just want to want to play music, and I'll be so thankful if we can get past all of this awful times we're in right now so we can all be together and celebrate, you know, rock and roll. That's really why I want everybody to get vaccinated because I want to play live music, man. I, I just want to get with all my friends and meet all my new friends and, and just play music and celebrate. You're so funny because you're so excited about what you do, oh, which is great, right? Yeah. But knowing what your wife does and knowing what you do, when you get excited about the new thing you're doing, does your wife look at you and go, do you know what I do for a living? Do shut up. <laughs> Tonight, I said something like that. And she said, I didn't say shut up. I said, stop <laughs> talking. So it's a subtle thing, you know. We're up there playing cards, having fun, ragging on each other. So, uh, you know, it's good. This pandemic, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you must have had all this free time to record. And I saw where Rick Nielsen said it felt more like a sentence. You know, you can't do what you do. The first several months was just depressing. Now, I will say that several months after the pandemic started, I was able to reach out to musicians that would normally never be home but and get some of my heroes to uh, remote record some music with me. And the only reason it happened was because of the pandemic, because they were home. They would have all been on tour. So I've got some other stuff that I'm finishing up that I've done with other musicians in Los Angeles, in Austin, in Nashville, just incredible musicians. And, and that stuff, I'll probably release that sometime later next year after the Evil Freely stuff. But I got a record being mixed in San Diego right now from stuff I did in 1992-93. The band was called Blowfish. It was my band right after Lord Tracy. We found the tapes. Brian Schubel, one of my best buddies, is out there. He recorded this stuff at A&M back then, and he's mixing it. So I got a whole other record of stuff. It's very Soundgarden, and I, I'm so excited to, to get that out. But I mean, I think I have more material than I can release because I don't want to release it all at the same time. And then it just gets over, you know, nobody even knows it, it was put out. So I'm trying to just drip some out every few months. But there's enough music, you know, for the next year and a half or so, I think for sure. Really excited to share it with you guys. Yeah, that's the right approach. You definitely uh, don't want to oversaturate yourself because it will get lost in the mix with the way music is today, for sure. I'm just thankful to get to play music every day. I'm in here working on a, on a new thing today. I got inspired watching this Beatles get back. And so I got a song. I'm cutting something probably after I get off the phone with you guys. But just lucky to get to play music every day. I'm so blessed. Well, right now, Sonny and I are trying to work on a way where we can save our nickels, dimes, quarters, pennies, and $5 bills and get Terry to fly out to our favorite Mexican restaurant where we can jam and eat tacos and put on a sombrero and sip margaritas. That's what I'm hoping for. Man, that sounds like a plan. We could, I could play guitar. I could put the guitar case out. I could busk a little bit, maybe make enough for tips. And uh, you don't gotta twist my arm to get together to play rock and roll and eat tacos and margaritas and Negro Modelo with a lime. That's my favorite. That sounds like a fun time. Oh my god! I hope we make it happen sooner than later. That's <laughs> yeah, that'd be fantastic. Sonny, do you have anything else before we let Terry get out of here and get on with this Friday night? No, man, Terry, great talking to you. Always great talking to you. There's no doubt about that. I've always been a big fan. So man, for me, I, I, could, I could talk anytime. I appreciate what you guys do. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm so thankful. The name of the band's Evil Freely, E-V-E-L, 
freely. And uh, if you can't figure it out, just look up Evil Knievel and Ace Freely. We got a .com. We got an Insta. We got a face. We got all that shit. We got cool merch. We got those two songs out. Look for another one coming in January, another one in February, another one in April. Really thankful for all of the nice uh, words that everybody sends in. You guys, thank you all for listening to the music and helping spread the word. And like I said, I appreciate what you guys do so much, keeping rock and roll alive, because, you know, we that's all we can do. I don't know any other way, you know, but I am super thankful and, and super uh, excited to get this new music out because I'm really really passionate about it. I, I really like what we're doing. It's awesome. And you know the drill around here. We'll put all the links to all your contact information oh, in our cool. show notes. So it'll all be there where people can go and buy the merch and uh, support Evil Fraley. So that'll be cool. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you do, man. Keep making good music and uh, we'll keep listening. Man, thank you all so much. I hope you all have a great night. And I hope I see you all soon. And I'll tell you, I learned two things. You're going to get what's coming and you won't know what it hits you till it's too late. I don't know where I learned those two things, but I learned Yeah, it. that's it. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Words of wisdom, and nobody wants to get inside Terry Glaze's brain. It's, it's not a free <laughs> sight. You know? it's, it's like a big racquetball court in there. You know, you might get hit by some freaking hard little red rubber thing, but there's a lot of space in there, too, to get lost and echo. There's a lot of echo going on, too. A lot of hard drive in there. A lot of room. I don't know what that means. <laughs> this has been the extended version of the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. Now back to our regular show. Woo! Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So as you heard Terry say, He's going to release a single at a time. Sounds like he's keeping the good ones till the end. I think all five are supposed to be good ones, but, you know, uh, well, you heard what he said about that. And, you know, sooner or later, this EP will be out in 2022. Terry's not really somebody that goes out and starts playing. He's not going to get in a bus and play the country. That's not what he usually does. He's got, you know, a, a fan base in that Memphis, Dallas, like that southern central United States. So he might do some things there. And the guys don't venture off too far because they all got lives and wives, right? So they got to be careful, lives and wives. But uh, I'm looking forward to Terry's uh, total EP. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, Terry's just a fun dude. I enjoy talking to him. We always have a good conversation. So I'm looking forward to what else they've got for us. And Terry's passionate about his music, and that's that's a cool thing. Uh, so I love to support it, and I love to hear it. And uh, I dig the two tunes that he shared with us. So let us know what you guys think of Evil Fraley, and uh, we'll go from there. So the thought process is we're both going to share about five albums that we're looking forward to coming out in 2022, and a couple that caught us a little late because of a, a friend or another podcaster kind of brought it up, and we're like, oh, maybe I should give that a shot. So I'm going to start with uh, the five that I'm looking forward to, and honestly, there's a bunch that I'm looking forward to. But these kind of landed at my top five and really in no particular order. I'm going to start with Extreme. So Nuno was on Trunk Nation on Sirius XM, and he's talking about, well, Porno Graffiti 2 is coming. Now, this isn't like, you know, every time Kiss releases an album, they say it's the next Destroyer. Nuno doesn't really fly like that. Nuno was honest and said, look, I got actually four or five albums that we probably got ready to go. But the problem is, is that if I don't want to play them right away, then I don't want to release them because to me, they're not good enough. 
and I've never been as excited as I am Gary finishing off this latest record. And so Gary started just, you know, making fun of it, started calling it porno 2.0 because that was the last time you saw Nuno that excited. So I don't really know if it's going to be called porno graffiti 2. I just know that that's something that they're kind of labeling it right now. And according to Nuno, this is Gary's best vocal that he's heard ever on album. So we'll see, right? Nuno's usually not full of shit. So we'll see. So that's interesting to hear because I knew nothing about Extreme's Pornography 2. I knew that Extreme had been working on material forever and a day. And God, I wish they would put out some new material for sure. Knowing what I know about Nuno and Gary both, I would be hard-pressed to say that I would expect them to be able to produce music that sounded like pornography just because that was such a long time ago in their life. And I know that they're kind of progressive individuals and artists. I would love it if that was the case, but I'll be surprised if it's not a record that is all over the place you know, they got a million influences. Uh, so I would kind of expect it. I enjoyed their last record, which I can't pronounce, <laughs> but you know, the one I'm talking about Saudis, whatever the Portuguese thing. I enjoyed that record. It had a lot, a lot of good material on it. Uh, was it pornography? No, but, uh, I definitely enjoyed it more than, uh, waiting for the punchline. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited about that. What's your next one? So Hailstorm is releasing their fifth studio album, and my guess is right now, Hailstorm feels like a caged animal, right? They're out there, they're playing, but you got to remember, these guys were playing two to 250, 200 to 250 dates a year, and if they've played 100 dates in the last 20 months, I'd be surprised, right? So the way that they're talking about this album, both RJ and Lizzie have been talking about a little bit, it feels that it has that same kind of fire that the first album had because they were trying to break into the mainstream that they've kind of put everything they felt COVID wise being caged up into the album. So I'm very interested because I don't think it's going to be as probably polished as we've seen hailstorm the last couple albums. My guess is a little more raw because it's, I think it's going to come off a little bit pissed off. Well, coming from somebody that just saw them like a month ago, they were amazing live. I mean, they were in it to win it that night that I saw them. They've released at least one song off this upcoming record, right? Yeah, and it's good, too. Come 
Yeah, I like it. Exactly. So that would not surprise me at all. I thought last uh, album, what was it? Vultures? Is that the name of it? Uh, now I can't remember. Anyway, the last album I felt like was pretty raw. I mean, I thought it was kind of, I didn't think it was that polished. Personally, I thought it was a little bit raw. It was pretty heavy, but that's just me. Uh, I'm not the hailstorm expert like you are i mean you're much yeah. more into hailstorm than i am but i really am getting into them more and more and i enjoyed the last album i enjoyed them live last month so i'm excited to hear this new record as well yeah so black vultures was a song the album was vicious okay right so that album about half of it feels punk and half of it is polished right so it's kind of it's 50 50 depending on what song you listen to and almost feels like it was done in two separate parts and I don't know if that was on purpose or not, you know, and so third one I want to talk about is Slash is coming out with his fifth studio album, fourth one with Miles. Of course, our buddy Todd Kearns is going to be on that album. I don't know a whole lot about the album except for it's supposed to be called Four, uh, but it's his fifth studio album. So I don't know if it's called Four because it's Miles the fourth time. I'm not sure. Slash has yet to disappoint. So I'm sure it's a straight rock record and they're already got tour dates out there. I was supposed to see him in in California, but I, I won't be in California when they're there, but uh, it should be a good record. Yeah. I mean, Slash's solo material, as far as I'm concerned, has been absolutely incredible. I love everything that he's done thus far solo. And in fact, it sure as hell sounds a lot better than the solo Guns N' Roses stuff that's been coming out lately. Uh, these These songs, I don't even know. Uh, what the story is with those songs that they've been releasing lately. But Slash 4 is one that I'm for sure looking forward to, and I will see them when they tour next year. So. My next one is Disturbed. I know people love, hate Disturbed. I get it. But it's supposed to come out in fall of 2022. Uh, David, 
the front man. It's their eighth studio album. He's talking. It should be somewhere between the sickness and 10,000 fists, which means you got rhythmic anthems. You got raunchiness. You got attitude. So if that's what we're getting, I cannot wait to hear this album because those are my two favorite Disturbed albums. And they were at the front end of their career. You know, Disturbed been off the grid for a while. So we'll see. You know me, I don't have a comment on that. I'm not going to beat you up about this Disturbed. They're not they're not my favorite band in the world, and I'm positive I have a couple bands on my list that are like that for you, and that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, good. I hope it's good, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> and then the last one I wanted to talk about, which I know would have made both of our lists, is Garish and the Chronicles, or G-A-T-C, Indian Hard Rockers. We've talked about them before. We talked about their last album. Remember I said there's something missing. Like they need, there's just like a flavor, a spice missing. They need somebody to help them out. So we'll see if this new album, Hail to the Heroes, kind of takes that next step. Because I think they were like kind of one step away from being somebody that I really, really liked. And that one has a hard date. It's supposed to be February 11th. Yeah, for me, Gersh and the Chronicles, the only thing that they were missing was experience. They're a young band, and now they've signed on to Frontiers Records, which I figure can only be helpful to them at this point. I've heard a couple of the songs that they've released already off this record. I enjoy them. Their last album made my top 10 for that year. I dig this band. They're one of the bright stars in young rock and roll for me. And so I'm 100% excited about this album for sure. And yeah, that date is pretty concrete, February 11th. Uh, so we'll, we'll have that. That'll come out while we're on the Mork cruise. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, we'll take a few minutes out to discuss the Loud Minority Facebook group and leaving us a five-star review. We would appreciate it if those of you who listen to our podcast and enjoy our podcast and take some small form of entertainment away from it would leave us a five-star review. Take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedules because it does help the podcast. Trust me, it absolutely helps our podcast grow and get out there and be seen by more people so that they can discover and have a little bit of entertainment in their lives, hopefully. We appreciate each and every one of you guys, and that's how you can help us out. It's free and easy. So let's get back into the discussion. So I've got five records in no particular order that I'm looking forward to hearing in 2022. The first one up is Giant. They've got a new record coming out called Shifting Time. And I know that there are a massive amount of people that are just like, I don't know why they're calling it Giant. Dan Huff's not involved. Dan Huff's not doing this. Dan Look, I was a Giant fan to begin with. I like Dan Huff. Dan Huff is an amazing producer, an amazing guitar player, and a great singer. I love it. So I get it. I understand. But it is called the music business for a reason. And they've got a brand name. And Dan Huff has given his blessing to go on and use it. And that's exactly what Frontiers is doing. And they've got Kent Hilly from Perfect Plan now singing. And as far as I'm concerned, 
that's the perfect choice because Kent is a huge giant fan. He told us all about that when I interviewed him way back in 2020, I think it was for perfect plan. So he's an amazing singer himself. And the first couple songs that they've released for this giant record, as far as I'm concerned, sound like giant. So I'm in for it. No particular person in the band has ever like, I didn't say I wasn't going to listen to it because this person's in the band. I'll at least listen to it and form an opinion. So all I would tell people is listen to the music first before passing judgment. If you don't like it at that point, then that's fine. You don't have to listen to it. But people are condemning it because they're using the name Giant. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah, Giant for me, I don't know a ton about Giant, to be honest with you, because, you know, they released that album in 89 then in 92, then in 01, then in 2010, then it's just like, they just don't have enough out there to where I could grab on and kind of listen to. They had a shot if they would have put a bunch of albums together between like the late eighties and the early nineties, because it sounds very journey to me, very survivor. And I love that kind of stuff, but just never super connected. That being said, Kent Hilly can sing. So if somebody's got a problem with Cantilly, they just got a problem, period, because that dude can sing. I don't know if the other guy's better, worse, blah, blah, blah. All I know is I'll listen to it just because Cantilly's singing. Yeah, Giant's one of those bands where I really wish you would go take those first three Giant records and spend some time because they're so in your bang zone of rock and roll and so good. Like Dan Huff's guitar playing and his singing is just so freaking great. It's like three albums that I know that you would enjoy if you would just give them an opportunity that would connect with you. Anyway, this new Giant's coming out, and I'm looking forward to it. The name of the album is called Shifting Time, and it does have a date of release, I think sometime in January or February. I don't remember the exact date, but it'll be coming out on Frontiers Records. So check that one out. On to my next. My next is from a band called Confess. Confess made my top 10, whatever year that was, I think the year before last. They've got a new record coming out called Revenge at All Cost. Confess is a pretty, they're a pretty heavy but melodic band. There's flavors of Skid Row in there and, you know, they're just a straight ahead, big riff sleaze rock band they've got a new record again the name of that record is called revenge at all cost and i'm interested to hear that record since their last one wound up on my top 10 for the year yeah so that uh album was in 2020 and i'll tell you that if they have 10 welcome insanities or 10 burn them all i'm in i was about 50 50 on that record if i remember right and so it's their fourth album. I mean, obviously, they're growing little by little, I'm sure, and they're getting a pretty good following. So I'll definitely give it a shot. Yep. My third up is Scorpions. We are the Scorpions from Germany. We have a new record called Rock Believer. This is the Scorpions, I think, 80th studio release. And... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around there 85 90 records i'm not sure scorpions have been around since the 70s to be honest they haven't really put out anything that's wowed me in quite some time i'm always interested to hear this what the scorpions got because i am a scorpions fan they released a new song i thought the new song was pretty good but a lot of people were like losing their minds like they thought it was returned to blackout and i I don't know about all that. I don't necessarily feel that that new song was that great, but I'll be interested to hear what they have. 
I mean, they were supposed to end their career and their recording like two albums ago, three albums ago, I think. But they're still putting it out, I guess, because people want to hear it. And I'm all about giving bands uh, opportunity, especially bands I love. So the Scorpions Rock Believer is due in 2022. Yeah, so the Scorpions Bang Zone for me is early 80s to early 90s. The old, old stuff is eh. And the last album that I could stomach past the 90s was Sting in the Tail, which came out like 12 years ago. And I could barely get through that record. So I'll listen. But man, I've been waiting for the next Love at First Sting since 1984, and I ain't got it. <laughs> yeah, you and I are not that different on the Scorpions. My bang zone of Scorpions rock and roll is Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, Blackout, Love at First Sting. That's pretty much it for me. There was stuff off of Savage Amusement and Crazy World that I enjoyed. There was even some things off of the later stuff like Sting in the Tail, but I don't know. We'll see. I have... Hopeful expectations, I think, is a, is a good word. Hopeful expectations for the new Scorpions. And I'm almost positive that there'll be something on this record that I like. It's just a question of how much, uh, because I'm really, really over all the ballads. I'm super over all the ballads. I can't do any more Scorpion ballads. I've had enough. So my next record is a band called Hardcore Superstar. There's a lot of folks in the Mort group as well as the chat groups that are huge hardcore superstar fans. For me, it's a little bit hit or miss, but they've got a new record coming out called Abracadabra. And what I will tell you about hardcore superstar is that they're really good live as far as I'm concerned. I've enjoyed them the three times that I've seen them. I saw them once here in Atlanta and twice on the last Monsters of Rock cruise. They're due to sail with us again on this upcoming Monsters of Rock cruise. They were one of the bands that they just added. You know, they're great live. It's just a matter that they've got so much material out there. They've got so many albums out there that some of the material is all over the place. So it's a little hit or miss for me. But the new stuff that they've released that I've heard off this upcoming record, Abracadabra, sounds pretty good to me. So I'm definitely interested in hearing this record. So I haven't seen Hardcore Superstar live. I was on that cruise. I missed them both times because I didn't know anything about them. So probably about uh, nine, ten months ago, a couple of listeners reached out and said, hey, try these 14 songs. So made a playlist, listened to the 14. I liked six of them. Okay. So if this abracadabra is a bunch of dead man's shoes and into debauchery, I'm in. But if it's a bunch of innocent boy and last call for alcohol, I'm out. It just kind of depends. And you're right. They're all over the place. I will catch them live this time because I am interested because I keep hearing they're great live. And I'm hoping that connects me maybe a little bit more to some of the songs I've heard. But since I can't put a visual to it, I only enjoyed about half the songs I heard. Fair enough. And my last happens to come from one of Sonny's all-time favorite bands, The Mighty Saxon. Saxon releases Carpe Diem in 2022 they've released one song off it which is the title track and i enjoyed the hell out of it saxon has been really strong with their last two or three releases they seem to have gotten heavier over the years which is a bit of a surprise to me but it's not altogether bad they're working with andy sneed and he does an amazing job now i don't know if he's produced this latest record i kind of hope that he has because he's done so well on the last couple but saxon is just one of those bands that's been there since my early 
foray into rock and roll. And they're a band I enjoy. They're part of the new wave of British heavy metal. And I like them a lot. I got a lot of material that I enjoy. So I'm looking forward to Saxon's Carpe Diem. So cue the crickets, <laughs> and I'll explain it in one word. Why? <laughs> For the- now you can cue the rock and roll story, <laughs> growing up rock, rock and roll story. Go from crickets to why to growing up rock. It's the same. It's the same why as disturbed, Sonny. It's the same oh, why as disturbed. On. It's not even close to the same. It's why. The exact same why. Oh my god! You like disturbed, and that's okay. Uh-oh. And I like Saxon, and, and that's, that's okay. not okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. You will respect my Saxon. <laughs> All right. So going to uh, a couple albums we want to talk about that in 2021. You know, maybe we didn't hear about, maybe we didn't give it a chance. And uh, now we're kind of into, we're kind of getting into them a little bit. So I want to share a couple. One is from Dylan Wright from the Potter Than Hell podcast. Now, the reason I say it the way I'm saying it is Dylan and I couldn't be farther away from musical taste. I basically don't like anything Dylan likes. <laughs> and I think it's vice versa. Like, you know, he's a young kid and it just reminds me a little bit of my brother sometimes it's, or Mark. Right, Tony's brother is like, guys, why do you listen to that shit? Like, I can't, I can't stand that. And it's that seven, 10, 15, 20 year difference that just makes it that way. But, uh, they were on the 2021 episode and the guys were talking about this album called Space Rider by the Star Lord band. And I'm like, what the hell? Basically, it's a made up band that's doing music for the Guardian of the Galaxy movie. 
And the main guy in Star-Lord Band is a guy named Steve Zipkowski. Now, I don't know anything about Steve Zipkowski, but I can tell you that it is very listenable. To me, I would explain it that the singer has a bit of Stephen Piercy rasp with a better voice, and it's almost like Rat doing new wave of British heavy metal. That's kind of what it feels like. They're short, quick songs. They have the Rat writing style, but it's a little heavier than Rat normally is. And my favorite songs on that album, like I said, it's called Space Rider, are Zero to Hero, Bit of Good, Bit of Bad, and All for One. So, Dylan, I gave it a shot, and I actually liked it. I've listened to it maybe 10 or 12 times. And normally, I'm not even into the new wave of British heavy metal, and I definitely don't like anything Piercy does. But uh, there's something about this that kind of meshes the two perfectly. Did you get a chance to hear this at all? I briefly went through it quickly. I did hear the episode with Dylan talking about it. And Dylan Wright on the Potter and Hell podcast is what makes that podcast left of center because he is so much different than the rest of them. So Steve, BC, those guys, they grew up in the same era that you and I grew up in with the same type rock and roll for the most part. Dylan is a lot younger than them, obviously. So Dylan has a different perspective, but he's influenced by some of that stuff that his dad listened to. So I like Dylan's taste on a lot of things, but I also don't like a lot of Dylan's taste on a lot of things. It just doesn't connect with me. But this Star-Lord band thing, I got to admit, it's pretty good. It's straight ahead, kind of 80s metal, basically. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time and check this record out. I've got it on my cue list to listen to. But thank you, Dylan, for that. And then the last one I wanted to bring up, talk about that him and I have the exact opposite musical taste, and that is Jay from the Hook Rocks. Like, we agree on nothing, basically, okay? (laughs) And they did their 2021, and what they do is they do it, sometimes Jay does it in, like, quadrants, so he'll do, you know, three months at a time, or four months at a time. Is it three months? It's three months at a time that he does. And I happened to catch the one that was, I think... August, September, October, maybe. I think that's the one that I caught. And he has a text group with a bunch of his friends, and they're called the Groove Council. And basically, they share music with each other, and they're kind of always talking through some of the new bands because Jay is a huge supporter of new bands. It's just that he likes a bunch of new bands that I don't particularly like. And one of the bands that they were mentioning that everybody seemed to enjoy was a band called Sweet Crisis. And the album's called Tricks on My Mind. And I'm like, the way they're explaining it, man, really kind of hits my bang zone. It's part Zeppelin, part Hendrix, part Free. It's got kind of this gritty, dirty blues, fuzz riffs with that really great blues rock voice that I absolutely love that kind of stuff because Richie does a lot of that stuff that I love. So I'm like, let me give it a shot. Oh my God, dude, this album is really good. So, Tricks on My Mind by Sweet Crisis. I would say my fave songs on there are Loosen Up, One Way Traffic, and Karma Will Come. Like I said, it's got kind of this 70s, great blues rock feel with a 2021 production. So, I really like it. Did you get a chance to listen to it at all? I did. I went through this record today for the first time. This was brand new to me. I had never heard of it. I enjoyed some of it. It's hard for me to pass judgment on a record that I've gone through once, but I get the gist of it. So I understand what the band is all about. It's a little bit reminiscent for me, 
not quite as spacey as Crobot, but sort of in that same vein where it's kind of fuzzy, distorted, bluesy guitar. There's some stuff in there. I definitely will spend more time with it. I've got a bunch of stuff, but even though I agreed to two, and I'll, I'll go through these pretty quick. So number one for me was a band called Paralandra. I'd never heard of this band until Sonny mentioned them on our best of episode. And they didn't make his list. It was just kind of just missed my list type thing for Sonny. So I went and checked it out. The name of the album is Street Magic. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is just a band that completely escaped me. I never heard of them before. And it's funny because as soon as I listened to this record, started seeing them pop up in other people's discussion, which was kind of weird. I was like, okay, uh, because they completely escaped me the first time. So Paralandra Street Magic, great record. Enjoyed that immensely. The second one, there's a Facebook group out there called Melodic Mafia. And it's funny because Melodic Rock in that group is definitely a wide umbrella. So it goes... Everywhere from, you know, what Sonny and I talk about in terms of melodic rock, which is just, you know, a good melody, but heavy guitars and things like that. A lot of the stuff that that group listens to also includes very FM oriented rock, like almost Survivor and uh, just really for me, much too keyboardy, much too on the light side, not enough guitar, melodic rock. But they introduced me to a band called Nestor. Name of the album is Kids in a Ghost Town. Now, Nestor is a little bit on the light side, but they've got enough stuff on this record that is guitar-oriented that keeps me interested. And I've given it a few lessons. I need to spend more time, but it's popping up on a lot of people's best of list for this year in that group. So I wanted to give it a fair enough shot. There are two bands I discovered through Spotify, and I love them both. One is called The Dust Coda with an album called Mojo Skyline. And the second one is called Dead Man's Whiskey. And they released just an EP called Breakout. Both of those, to me, are really good, solid finds for me this year. They just didn't make my list because they were fairly new to me. So I didn't spend enough time with them. But The Dust Coda, Mojo Skyline, Dead Man's Whiskey, Breakout EP. Have you had an opportunity to hear any of those, obviously, other than the Paralandra, Sonny? Yeah, the Nestor one, I think I might have mentioned that on the 2021 episode we recorded. I can't remember. There was a couple of folks that reached out to me via Twitter and said, hey, you want to give this a shot? And I actually liked a lot of the Nestor stuff. I just thought it was a little light for us, too. The Mojo Skyline, I don't have a clue. And that Dead Man's Whiskey, that's pretty good stuff. It was an EP, so it kind of bounced out of my 2021 because we don't do EPs. Correct. But I like some of the stuff I heard on the Dead Man Whiskey thing. Yeah, I was real surprised with that one. But yeah, I enjoyed it. The Dust Coda, check it out because there's some good stuff on there. Uh, you might enjoy some of that Dust Coda record. But yeah, those are fun finds when you can find stuff. And there's a lot of podcasts and publications like every year, Sleaze Rock online releases their top 20 and every year i end up finding stuff that i'd never heard of that ends up in their list so i always check that out and then there's a ton of our podcast brothers and sisters out there that release top 10s and all of their top 10s have not come out yet at the time of this recording so i look forward to hearing those and picking up more stuff 
So it's all good. This is how new music gets discovered. But rock is definitely not dead. Get out there and discover some of this rock. And the best way to do it is listen to these top 10 lists. All right. So, you know, we got to connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, something hit the airwaves. It's called Creatures Fest. And supposedly it's happening in Nashville on Memorial Day weekend. So it just hit the airwaves. The weekend includes Enough's Enough. Yuck. the fuck is Sonny Pony? Pretty Boy Floyd. Yuck. <laughs> Quiet Riot. Meh. Vixen. Thank God somebody's saving this day. And then supposedly Ace and Vinny. Okay, so they're calling it Creatures Fest. I'm assuming Ace and Vinny are playing. I'm not positive of that. The rest of the details, including venue, pricing, blah, 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 all that hasn't been released yet, except for the dates, Memorial Day weekend, May 27th through May 29th, and it's in Nashville somewhere. One of the bands that I left out that is including in this event is Return of the Comet. So returning to the scene, Todd Howarth on vocals, guitar, and keyboards, John Regan on bass, Richie Scarlett on vocals and guitar, and Budgie Werner on drums. And I'm hoping that one of the songs they play is this gem from Fraley's Comet's second sighting. Here is Time Ain't Running Out.
So there's no way Vinny Vincent's gonna play this thing. I think I think I think <laughs> I think Ace and Vinny, just like the Kiss um, conventions, I think Ace and Vinny will just appear and sign autographs and do whatever. Ace might play. I mean, he's out there playing, so maybe they'll come up with the pay to play type thing. But I bet the convention is just paying them to appear. I may be wrong. I have no clue, but that's my guess. So I'm going to this thing to basically see Vixen then? That's it? And get an autograph from Vinny. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Are you going to go to it? (laughs) I was thinking about it if Ace is going to play. I mean, he might. Hell, his old band lives there, right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll wait till more details come out. Yeah, me too. But, you know, if Ace is going to do the meet and greet $700, that's ridiculous. Vinny, I don't really, unless he's going to play, I'm not really interested in meeting Vinny or having anything signed. I've got enough stuff signed. I don't need. But I'd go to see Vixen. I'd go to see Return of the Comet. I think those are good bands. Yeah, I mean, Return of the Comet would be cool. And maybe Ace will sit in because, you know, he sat in at the KISS convention we went to, right? Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that Enough's Enough and Pretty Boy Floyd are playing on Friday. So that way I can just go up Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm just going to, Britt, I know you're listening. I'm just going to follow you around. I'm sure she'll, <laughs> I'm sure she won't call security. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, it should be fun. Maybe I'll meet you in Nashville for this. We'll see. But, Anyhow, that's our episode. We thought it would be fun to share not only some new things that we discovered from some of the 2021 stuff, but some of the stuff that's being talked about and some of the stuff we're looking forward to in 2022. If you've heard that things are coming out in 2022 that you're excited about, by all means, hit us up on the Facebook group and let us know what you're getting excited about. Black Swan, that's another one that Sonny probably doesn't care about, but I think they've got a new one coming out this year. I'm curious whether Heat will have anything this year coming out because I know they've been working on stuff with the new singer, the new old singer. So I'm excited to hear something from them in 2022. Hopefully they'll put something out. Uh, ZP is supposed to be on the first Skid Row record. That's supposed to come out this year. Battle Beast has an album coming out this year. Yeah. Can't wait to hear that one. So I love it when the listeners send us stuff. And, you know, I know I give everybody a hard time and some of these bands a hard time. I give everything a try. So when somebody sends me something and says, Sonny, try this, you might like it. I give everything a try. I'll go listen to these giant albums and I'll give them a try. Just like I gave all the Boston songs a try and then came up with, Good Lord, they got only like 12 good songs. The rest all suck. Who the fuck is Sonny Pony? <laughs> but I gave it a try, right? So, but I love it when the listeners reach out and go, hey, you might want to try this, might want to try that. And don't assume we know something's coming out because I'm looking and I'm missing. I don't know how I'm missing, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's so much stuff and it's all over the place and I'm in the same boat. Everything Sonny just said, ditto that because I love it when people hit me up with stuff. Scott hits me up every Saturday morning. He'll send me something. Have you heard this? Have you heard that? I love it. Always try to check stuff out. We posted on the Facebook group and I saw a bunch of people answer your question about new stuff coming in 2022 and stuff that was uh, a big hit for 2021. And I went and listened to some of that stuff and I was like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Did you see how many times Mammoth was on there? I felt bad. I just can't get into the album. I know. 
it's on all kinds of lists. And I know that a lot of my best of 2021 was probably, I don't know, cliche maybe, uh, but I like what I like and I like that record. Uh, and that's just being honest, uh, as honest as I can be. So uh, I wouldn't tell you I like something if I don't. You can form your own opinions, okay? People can either like or not like certain stuff. It's all right. Anyway, it's all good. This is it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, next week we'll be on to something else. Appreciate you listening. And it kills me to say it, but technically it was Tony from restrained that got me into Paralandra. So thank you, Tony. Now erase that. Actually just edit that out for me. Thanks. All right. Thank you. And have a good one. See ya later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle and roll. Play us out boys. make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook at growing up rock it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.